What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Beyond the Blockchain. Today's guest, I have Val coming in from Angel Syndicate. Welcome, Val. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, my name is Val Freeman. I run an Angel Syndicate. We have about 500 partners where we invest in all kinds of things from uh, SaaS, uh, FinTech, PropTech, uh, blockchain, of course, uh, AI-related opportunities, uh, secondary opportunities, all kinds of things, yes. There's a lot of levels to just investing, and then there's a lot of levels to blockchain and a lot of levels of crypto and meetups. So what was your introduction into the space that made you say, okay, this is what I want to do? You see the benefit in it. Uh, you, you. <laughs> we met in uh, <laughs> we met in Crypto Mondays, and uh, we, uh, we had a great start. A very interesting group of people. You were running a very interesting platform there, bringing in guests, uh, doing presentations. It was very interesting. And I, uh, enjoyed it immensely. That was more of a blockchain-leading focus, and you had a bunch of different crypto companies. Um, but my focus is a little bit more open, more broad, uh, and I try and focus a little bit on everything, um, just bringing deals to, to my investors. And the, the interest came through um, just networking and the people. You know, it just seems like there's a, a huge need for Web3 and further development. Um, now that there's AI in it, it's a whole new ballgame. Yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a real big whole new ballgame. Um, but everybody can't start an angel investing company, right? Usually, when you hear investing, a lot of people will have to have a, a certain bar of entry. Um, it's not an easy thing. I know that right now we're coming into the space that all the big guys, JP Morgan, Black BlackRock are talking about fractionalizing stuff. And this changed the game a, a lot. So now you're on that other side of money and investing. How does that play a part within this space? Maybe it would help if I give you a little more background about myself personally. So I was, uh, after I graduated college, I was working at FedEx corporate sales for a couple of years, uh, for a decade. And did pretty well there. They sent me to the President's Club for selling and all that. It was a very exciting opportunity. Uh, along the way, I've always built two things along the way because you never know. You always need something to fall back on. So I always build parallel. Uh, along the way, as I was working at FedEx, I was building a little real estate portfolio. Uh, a few years after that, I left FedEx, went into my real estate portfolio. And in early 21, I sold most of it. Um, but as I was interested in selling, as I was doing the selling, I started building a, uh, two companies. One was an angel syndicate and the other was uh, a Web3 application, AI-driven Web3 application. And I, uh, through my investing career, I realized that it is really important for you to identify the market cycles that allow you to get in at a fair price and get out at a better price. And through the real estate aspect, I was buying various foreclosures from 2008 to 2012, 2016, and then later, mostly, mostly. Uh, but that taught me a lesson because earlier, before that, I lost a bunch of money on property because I was buying it at the peak. No one told me you shouldn't buy those 80-20 uh, loan properties uh, in the worst part of town. But later I learned that you shouldn't do that. Some and things you got to learn the hard way, I guess. Something, and, and painfully, uh, 
in a, in a very expensive way. Yeah, I've, I've learned that. And what I try and do now is I try and bring that perspective into venture and share it with the LPs that come because many people uh, might have received a check from an exit or maybe they're personally wealthy or credited in some way. You have to get credited to join Accredited means you would have a million dollars in net worth or 250k a year as a salary. And most of the people that come in uh, have their own perspective. Uh, there are some things called power law in venture capital that allows you uh, or encourages you to invest in a broad range of opportunities and then uh, exit the ones that have an exit. Uh, that's expensive. That's uh, very, very expensive. And my perspective is a little different. I like to come in when nobody's interested. I like to share those deals with all the LPs. And it's harder, arguably, to do that because no one's interested. But um, I would never invest in something at the peak unless I truly believe that there's a, some sort of light at the end of the time. We was always taught buy low sell high that, that's 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 the uh, thing um so how do you go about finding those gems that that no one's really interested in so no one's really interested in at the in different parts of um, the company's journey so you know two years ago you wouldn't be interested in a company that is uh, not Sorry, two years ago, you would only be interested in a company that's blockchain related because of the crypto hype. Um, from last year on to today, you're only interested in things that have to do with AI, right? Uh, in, a, in a year or two, you'll only be interested in that, the things that have to do with space travel and whatever. Um, and so you really have to kind of understand what your focus is and narrow it down and then say, okay, I'm only interested in things that I understand. Never invest into something, no matter how interesting it sounds. And this is something we learned from our crypto, right? No matter how interesting it sounds, take a nap, go to sleep, think about it, waste some time, do nothing and just come back to it. And if it still looks amazing, maybe you should consider and get some advice from other people. But you really want to understand what you're doing, what the business model of the company is, how they make money. Um, for the longest, we've been talking, you're talking about the BlackRock invasion of crypto and all that. Um, you know, there's a big saying is buy the rumor, sell the news in crypto. And unfortunately, it's all rumor. Everything is rumor until you really know anything. Outside of a few insiders, there's really very little um, way for you to get in on the ground floor. And so the way I do it is a little different. I study the peaks of the cycles that I'm participating in. And once I understand enough about it during the peak where everyone's investing and, you know, it's the roaring 20s, um, and then it craters, that's when you want to come in and pick up the pieces. So you study during the peak and you invest during the crater. So in a situation like... FTX or Lunix, Luna, um, does that same uh, process apply? The process applies when you start hearing it from your um, uh, friends in stores, 
closest relatives or various uh, people that you don't even know. Uh, during the last recession, there's a, uh, there was a huge influx of people with no experience buying houses. And arguably, you could talk about that in many industries today. People are buying things they don't understand with money that is borrowed. Um, you want to know that as soon as the inexperienced amateurs come in, the retail investors, you can call them, that's when you have to get it. That's your signal. That's your time. That's your checkbox. As soon as you realize that they are the ones pushing the narrative, it's done. 20, 2020, 2020 or 2021 or 2022, where they let all the retail investors into trading and Robinhood and all of these exchanges popped up. And on the other side of that, the corporations was loving it because it's blind investors. They just putting their money into something that they don't have any idea on what it is. One thing I push about um, some of these Web3 projects and some of these tech projects is, does these things have real world impact? That's the only reason why I feel like it's a value to invest in them. Like, like if it has impact, because sometimes a lot of the stuff be made up Star Wars stuff and you be like, okay, I'm wishing on a dream or a star that this thing goes to the moon, but it never had a chance from the beginning because the basic like steps or things that you would do to do your research and study to pay attention to see if this has any value in the low, a lot of people doesn't do, don't do. So you being the lead, because right now you're, you're leading people's money into different investments that you follow, that you find to involve into your, 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 um, your, your angel investment syndicate. Um, do you get a lot of pushback from people who, who see projects that you bought and they're like, yo, I don't know, I'm, I'm not feeling these projects? Or, I kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're not obligated to invest in anything when you're joining in my city. It's, uh, investing is optional. You can see all the deals and just pass on everything and pretend like you're just browsing and tire kicking. You could do that. Uh, but that is not adding value to you or to us. And so it isn't really the best approach. You want to dabble. You want to invest a little bit. Now, firstly, to understand how it works. Most people have no idea. Yeah, you can just click and pay here. But you want to understand how the process works. You want to understand terms of the industry. You want to understand people who know things. You want to start reading publications, following people who understand and bring these deals about. Because you don't really know um, what the GP is bringing you. If the GP, for example, brings you a terrible deal, you should call them out. And you should say, hey, listen, this is this is awful. This is, this is dog shit. This is never going to pass the muster. I don't know why you're doing this. You know, you, you should reconsider. Uh, but at the same time, you should be forthcoming with the GP and say, hey, listen, this is a great deal. I think I'm going to bring in some of my friends, people who are other accredited and they're interested and then we can all do it together. There should be both sides of the coin. Yes, I get pushback. I get pushback for fees. I get pushback for carry. I get pushback for everything. But that's life. Not everybody's going to be able to participate in all the deals that we bring about. You know, what I want to say about the crypto side stuff is that 
Um, I, I have a personal blockchain project that I'm doing myself, and I'm still looking for product market fit. It isn't perfect. Um, I'm talking to companies, I'm talking to business people, trying to understand how can this help you? How can this be of service? What can I do to change it, pivot, um, to actually be helpful to you? And if it isn't helpful to you, there's no reason why you should pay me anything. I wouldn't ask for it. Most crypto projects don't do that. Most crypto projects come out and say, token, here's the token. And okay, great, token, fantastic. Now what? Well, token, <laughs> it's still here. In reality, um, that token is worthless. Um, it is uh, usually a rug pull, unfortunately. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you yeah. see in the news that uh, there was a, a pastor that sold his whole congregation tokens, and he said that oh, it's no. backed by liquidity. Is liquidity is backed by God? By God. <laughs> that's that's you know, and who, who's to say it isn't? <laughs> um, who's to say it isn't? No, yeah, you know, it's there's there's a lot of scammers out there. Um, you know, in truth, some I'm not saying everybody who brings out a token is a scammer. Um, what I would say is that you want to get involved on a deep level to really try and understand what this person is about. You want to talk to the founder. You want to talk about the actual company. How does the company vision making money? Because if you're talking to some, you know, some shill or some market participant who's, you know, just posting and doing social media, you're not getting any information. And so if it's if the founder is making himself difficult to reach, difficult to find, complicated, using all kinds of industry terms, industry jargon that you, the normal person, can't understand, that's a pass. That's a huge pass. But if the founder is open and isn't shilling but is explaining and trying to find a connection between you and that product, then he's actually looking for a sale. And if he's looking for a sale, that means the money in your pocket is, is uh, important to him, her, enough to find that connection. And that's what business really is, right? It's a connection between them. Yeah. You can make that connection and add value in some way enough for that money to move from their pocket to yours. Then it doesn't matter if it's a crypto, AI, venture, makes no difference. Or a grocery store in the corner, it makes no difference. It's just that connection that has to exist. Okay, so what do you tell uh, early investors right now? Because they got this thing about um, the younger generation, the older generation got a bunch of money, right? the boomers that they don't want to invest in but it's the younger generation the gener gen z's that's what they call them, that are pro crypto have a lot of money um and willing to invest but how do you do deal with that comparison of meeting an old school wall street guy compared to meeting a a dj <laughs> dj I mean, a lot more DJs than I do old school Wall Street guys. Um, you wanna, you wanna understand a couple of things. So, the boomers made a lot of money because more liquidity was available now for retail investors through inflation and money. Okay, 
if we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, the dollar would be a little stronger compared to what it is now and valued more. And you'd be able to buy more in the grocery store. You'd be able to spend more on whatever it is you're doing. But the boomers have lived through two recessions, um, various market turbulence, 9-11, uh, 93. You're, you're, you're talking about a weathered generation that isn't going to say, oh, token, I'm in. No, 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 no. That's not what they're <laughs> They're going to say, tell me more if they're interested at all. Tell me more and tell me how this isn't the casino set up for you to be the house. Tell me how this isn't that. And if you can tell them that, then maybe they'll be interested. Um, the difference between today's investors and boomer investors is that boomer investors took a lot more risk, but also got a lot more reward. calculated. Risk. The investors of today, if you call yourself an investor by day trading, that's not investing, that's speculation. Look up Webster, that's the definition. Let's just clear that up. An investor is someone who believes in whatever they're doing and in it for the long haul. A Buffett, a Munger, those are investors. A DGEN is someone who's in there flipping and trading and doing whatever options. So if you're a DGEN and you want to cater to the investor investing public and you want to show them that there's value in what you're doing, then it's up to you, similar to the way it is up to me for my other projects, to prove that to you. I need to show you without a, without a doubt that it's worth it, right? If we use mainstream applications, uh, various tools, I'm not going to name any, but you use them all day long. We're on one right now. These applications serve a purpose. They provide a value and you'd pay for them a certain amount if you're interested. But the applications that people are bringing on are either too complex or too far in advance. You can be right. You can also be really, really early, and that's wrong too. So sometimes you have to really understand where you are and what you're building and for whom. And if you're building it for the people that have a lot of money, man, your job's real tough. The funny thing is, funny that you say you can be right and then you can be wrong. Um, a lot of these projects be right, but they be wrong. They don't be at the right time. Um, a lot of this wealthy crypto stuff is still confusing to a lot of people it's, and it's been around for 10, 11 years and people are still getting the adoption is becoming more uh, relatable to to people um, what do you think the temperament of where we at because you say you study cycles right so what is this cycle basically saying right now where we at in the middle of being between bear and bull and <clears throat> and the corporations coming in and semi-validating and then Hong Kong came in and then they validated. So <clears throat> what is the temperament of a person who studies charts and, and signals? Just because they're buying into it doesn't mean they're validating it. All these companies gamble in the markets, just like the retail investors do. So it doesn't really validate anything. And when you say validating, you mean Bitcoin. We're talking about only BTC. They're not buying, they're not creating ETF for, uh, you know, 
<laughs> Luna or FTX. <laughs> Nobody's creating ETFs with this garbage, right? But, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of crypto. I'm building it. Right? I get it. I, I like it. I believe in it. Long talk, long haul. I believe in it. But they're creating an, uh, uh, a finance instrument that allows them to go to their investors and say, hey guys, let's buy some ETF. And this ETF will buy some BTC. And just like anything else, you are gambling with them. There is no market cycle that prevents people from stupidity. So if you don't really know what you're doing, it doesn't matter if you're in the worst market cycle, best time to buy, best market cycle, worst time to buy. You can always be wrong. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. What's important is that we always go back to the education part. Is that you really have to understand what you're doing. And I'm in it, and I don't understand a lot of it either. And if I don't get it, man, the mainstream has no business being in there. Unless you're a developer, you're highly technical, you can read code, solidity, all that, then go ahead and dabble, risk it all. But no way, man. That's tough. That's a big that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, well, they got they got a lot of people in the belief that um things is going to change just because uh, these these big guys then came in. Um, it's been a long time since we stayed above 40,000 uh, um, and in this long haul. So do you have any ideas that it, we will shoot to some of these uh, speculation prices that they're talking? No, and I don't care. It doesn't make a difference if it's 40,000 or 400,000 or 4 million. It makes no difference to me. That's not the point. The point is, you know, people, at, my developers get paid in crypto, right? So they like crypto, they understand. It. And they always send me messages like, oh, yeah, hey, look, it's 40,000 or ETH is 2,200. Who cares? It doesn't make a difference. We're in it to build something. We're not in it to speculate. That's a different part of the business. If you really want to speculate, then you're on Robinhood, you're buying fractional whatever, you're in other places, you're buying fractional shares, you're buying crypto. What, that's a speculation business. When you're talking about building something, that's a very different environment. You're talking about uh, committing your life and your resources and your time and everything that you hold dear. And what's suffering, right? Your family suffering while you sit there in your sleepless nights trying to build something. That's a that's a different type of commitment. Um, I don't know where Bitcoin's going to go, and I don't really care. To me, Bitcoin isn't the description of what I can build. It's the blockchain concept is what I believe. That's what I believe. And that trust complex, that trust concept that was originally written in that white paper peer-to-peer -peer for Bitcoin, that's been erased and dragged through the mud and like burned and like thrown into the garbage a thousand times by all these scammers and rug pullers. That's what they've done. And to me, that's an insult to the whole industry that you're trying to ship. So understanding where you are versus what you're building is very critical. So I'm glad you said that. Um, building in this space, uh, identifying and vetting good developers. Um, what is your process? Because a lot of people want to build um, and then they get into a, a developer that somehow maybe thing, conversations don't go right, business agreements don't go right. They try to freeze your domain name, all types of stuff. How do you go and come back and just build a team? I've been screwed by uh, around eight developers personally um, uh, from all parts of the world, from 
Pakistan, India, US, um, nobody's immune, right? Um, most of it boils down to uh, a non-dev uh, misunderstanding of core concepts and timelines. So if you're if you ask a developer to go build you a Solidity contract and then uh, put it up on the front end, create a back end, do all that, that's a lot of money. You know, um, that that takes and costs a lot of money. And so if your ideas are not clear, it's kind of like building a house, right? If you tell the plumber, hey, Mr. Plumber, go fix my sink. And then the plumber says, wait, but you're, the rest of the house is falling apart. And you'll be, oh yeah, just fix that too. The plumber is going to be like, well, <laughs> that's going to cost you a lot of money. That's called the change order, right? And so when you change things with developers, that's, what that's like a new version of deployment. That's basically a new effort. So you really want to understand what you're asking for first. Then, if you know what you want and how to build it, you need to have enough funds to build it. You have to get some sort of proposals from various developers. And, you know, if they come in higher, over, under, that's a conversation. Uh, but where to find them? There's lots of places. You can go on Upwork. You can go on Fiverr, Deal. Um, you know, nobody's, nobody's building in... Um, you know, office buildings uh, as a startup, you're doing the best you can with who you can find. Um, I've had developers from so many different countries and, you know, so far I've been good with one and, and lucky to have a guy. Um, but I feel like there's really no quick answer for that. You have to just keep looking and kicking tires and you know, doing that kind of thing. That's just I, know, I, I know developers like finding a good mechanic. Yeah, or you can partner up with them and say, hey, listen, I want to build this thing. Do you want to do it for me for free and be a partner? Most developers are not going to do that. They're looking to pay the bills, right? Everybody needs to pay the bills. Uh, and you have a lot of layoffs these days that people are you know, not really looking to do free work. They want to be paid, unfortunately. So that side of the coin is about to hit our Oh, that, that side is going to hit hard. I just seen uh, Jack Dorsey said he, he's going to do 1% of his company. And then I seen Tesla. And that's scary, like, because I thought the tech sector was, was safe compared to mm -hmm. e-commerce to where you see all these people running in stores that they don't even want to open up brick and mortar stores anymore because of all the sales. But now you're saying that you're saying the tech sector is getting ready to have a very huge thing of layoffs so now speaking about that is that a good reason to be an investor or to start your own business or start your own company uh if you look at the high-flying unicorns i hate that term i wish people would never come up with that stupid term i if you look you know what it is it's an excuse to to be stupid is what it is oh it's a unicorn we're gonna invest we're good we're good it's a unicorn what? um to answer your question, <laughs> to answer your question, uh, the best companies, the strongest companies, have always built through or started in recessions. If you have a company that started in 2021, that company is definitely unless they raised so much money and have saved so much money, and were so smart about it, it was that company. Well, you know, well, you, you know something. Unless the idea made sense, because in 2021, they was throwing money at everything. Like, 
they were just throwing money at everything that said AI on the back of it. You have a blank website, put .ai, and you can get grant funded for something. That's still happening. Oh, man, so... But investors are getting wiser to it. You know, they're getting wise. They're starting to understand that it's not... You can have a a few open AIs, okay? That's the foundation. That's like Ethereum... You know, Polygon, those those are foundational. Um, uh, Avalanche, those are foundational ecosystems, right? That's infrastructure. You need that to build on top of it. And so investors, LPs are starting to get wiser, realizing that you can have a few of those, but the rest have to incorporate pieces of them into their existing vertical. That has to exist on a, on a, on a, on a, on a scale where you can use that technology to make your company better. It's like an employee. It's like having employees, right? You hire the really best and hope that your valuation goes up because they are there to help you do that. Um, if, if you're investing in that manner and you understand what that AI component is doing for that business, then you're going to do well. But if you're just investing because it's called AI. Yeah. Well, some people invest because it's called crypto. <laughs> oh, I mean, forget it. <laughs> The Brooklyn okay, so I'm not going to keep you long um, because we did make some time, but I got two very important questions. Yuri usually asks these questions. Um, one is a book that you're currently reading and a book that you that has changed your life. A book that I'm currently reading, a book that has changed my life. Right now, I am focused on um, uh, reading a couple of specific newsletters. So, when I, when I need ideas or when I need clarity, I try and save, um, over, the, over the course of whatever, the day, I just save articles that I want to read for later. And so later I just go, go back and reference them. That includes um, blogs, uh, industry, uh, specific um, newsletters, things like that. I like a newsletter um, uh, by a guy named Lenny Rachinsky. He writes, uh, he's an ex-Airbnb founder, co-founder, um, and he writes amazing stuff for people who are looking to um, hone in on product market fit and create a more valuable company and whatever they're building. So um, that's a good one. And a book that's changed my life? Hmm. I'm going to show it to you. This is an audio book that I bought around 10 years ago called Don't Get Voted Off Real Estate Island. You'll never find it. It's out of print. It's written by a guy named Mike Cantu out of California. One day, a long time ago, I went to visit the guy, Cali, sat down, gave me an hour of his time, feet up, very cool, very composed, basically set me on a path to, to my future Everybody always go for rich dad, poor dad. Um, yeah, it's a good book. Uh, a good one from that from that um, from that collection is uh, uh, "Before I Quit My Job." A really good one is "Before I Quit My Job." It was a solid book. It had a lot of um, action items that you can actually use. On, on your, on your All right, uh, Val. Thank you very much. But before we go. Tell how, how people can reach out, find, uh, get in contact with you, connect with you. 
you can find me on um, advalorum.io. That's my uh, AI marketplace. We're building it for, uh, we're using crypto, we're using blockchain, we're on Matic. We're trying to uh, incorporate how any business can use the blockchain to scale their goodwill. So, for example, um, if this podcast is really well for you, one day you might want to sell it. But if you have no um, goodwill, no quantifiable goodwill, then the brokers will try and negotiate goodwill. Goodwill is not something that they like to use because it's uncollateral. There is no collateral and you're not able to pinpoint exactly how much goodwill there is. But we built a marketplace to fix that. And so our digital collectibles allow businesses and passion creators to create whatever they want uh, and use that as goodwill for your um, your purpose, your business, whatever it is you're going to do. So you can always find me on advalorum.io. Uh, my syndicate is on AngelList. You just Google advalorum syndicate, you'll find me there. We're always looking for accredited LPs. So if anybody's interested, please try. Wow, thank you very much. I really appreciate you. Good catching up with you, my brother. <laughs> I, lo I love this thing, man. I love it. I, you know, this is such a great venue for you. I, I, I hope this does well. I, I want you to be the next Howard Stern. I'll be your robber. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pushing. You, you know, we set trends over here in Web3, so, you know. Just I love it, man. Don't forget the token. No, yeah, Don't get the token. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Val. Thanks, man. Mm -hmm.